Welcome to the Bird's Eye View podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Paul Domowich and Les Bowen of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Hey guys, what's up? How are you? Good morning. Yeah, it's uh, been a while since we've spoken. Uh, I think since Nick has been hired, right? Well, they finally had the press conference uh, last Friday, uh, virtual press conference. And, uh, you know, there's probably still a lot to talk about still, uh, even though we've all written about it and talk radio has had its, its, uh, its way with Nick. Um, let's just go through the initial first impressions of Nick and uh, what we made of how he handled the news conference. Go ahead. Who wants to start off? I can go. Uh, I wasn't that put off by the fact that he was nervous. I didn't really key in on that as much as some people did. I mean, he's it's his introductory press conference. He has no history here. He's he's not been in this kind of position before. Uh, the fact that he stammered and stuttered a little bit didn't didn't really bother me. I was bothered by the way it came off. You know, obviously this is going to be a press conference about, okay, what are you going to do here with these quarterbacks? What in the world, you know, how do you, and it is a thorny problem. And his responses were so uh, unthoughtful. They, they just seemed, it seemed like he wasn't prepared to even deflect the questions. I know you can't answer the questions about what you're going to do at quarterback right now. You can't say, okay, here's the deal. This guy's going to start. We're going to trade this guy, you know, uh, but you can give some indication, you know, of your time frame. Uh, this is something that has to be settled. I'm pretty sure uh, you can give some indication of what sort of process you want to go through in talking to these guys, whether you have talked to them what you you know the kinds of things that you want to get settled in making a decision like this uh it just he came off as uh not having given any thought in fact he said he'd given no thought to the quarterback situation which is absurd you know i mean of course he'd given thought to it he wouldn't have been hired if he hadn't expressed some some thoughts about it uh i don't really expect him to bear his soul but i did expect some level of polish and some level of insight from his from his answers, and I, I didn't get any. Uh, you know, he was prepared poorly by the team's media relations department. Uh, I mean, he, here's a guy that I, this might have been the first time he set foot in Philadelphia since he did his interviews and everything down in Florida. Uh, you know, he's come from Indianapolis, which is about as laid back a NFL city as you're going to get so he wasn't prepared for the aggressiveness on the on the call from the reporters and he had no idea what was going to be asked I mean I think he thought this was going to be just a nice little chat yeah and his that that's that's why you have a media relations department that's why they're supposed to talk to people beforehand Andy Reid always knew uh before his press conferences what was coming if he if he didn't by himself uh you know uh Derek uh, Boyko would, who was the PR guy then, would would tell him what might be asked, what to look out for. None of that happened in this press conference. I mean, he was blindsided by just about every question he was asked, including the quarterbacks. I mean, it, it seemed like it came as a complete shock to him that we'd be curious about that. He didn't have to answer it, but he, if he had known they were coming, you know, he he could have had a better response that wouldn't have looked as bad. Yes. And and the other, my other complaint with 
what happened was they left him out there to dry uh, without Howie, without, you know, Jeff made a 20 minute dissertation to start the press conference and then disappeared. He should have been there right next to him to answer the questions that, 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 that Nick couldn't. And if he had done that, I think this, it, it, Nick wouldn't have looked nearly as bad as he did to fans and some segments of the media. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Jeffrey didn't want to ask, have to answer the tough questions. Um, and that's kind of been increasingly really poorly on him. Yeah, yeah. It's increasingly bit his MO. I mean, yeah, sure. He was, you know, the day that they fired Doug, he went out there, but of course you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to explain why you fired a head coach three years after you won a suit, your only Super Bowl. And in this mm-hmm. case, you know, there were a lot of questions to be asked about the search. Now he went into some detail about it, but there were some inaccuracies, you know, Nick was right ahead, far and away the the leader from the start. Well, not really. He was one, he was like, Basically, right. the last interview. There's a reason why you went to him later in the process. Uh, why, you know, what happened with, uh, you know, your in- interview with Deuce Staley and, and Eric Bieniemy, which we've now found out they'd never even put a formal request in. And and certainly, as it relates to, you know, the African American candidates or the minority candidates, you know, <clears throat> what was your process there? We needed to ask more about that. He never really addressed that question at all. Um, and then further, just about how his role in this process, and you know, what, what, what was Josh McDaniels as serious a candidate as had been reported? And these are questions that we need to need to ask and confirm. Yeah. And yeah. Jeffrey just kind of just he's gone. We we won't see him again like a fart in the wind. Right. And uh, <laughs> you know, so that was uh, I had an issue with that. And then with Nick. I, I agree to some extent with Les. I, I don't. I think for the most part, especially the way he answered questions, I thought it was almost status quo. Um, I, I can't believe that people were like, oh, "Why are you asking about the quarterback?" Oh, you know, God forbid we ask about the far and away most important question concerning yeah. this team. I, I don't expect him to tell me what his plans are, but as you both alluded to, uh, the answers needed to be a little more. Uh, a little more direct or at least a, a better idea. Sophisticated, a little it, more sophisticated. Exactly. And then mm-hmm. in terms of the PR staff, I'm sure that they prepared them for a lot of this, but they, the, the prepared statement part was a huge disaster. Um, and as you guys know, you guys have done TV or whatever it is. It's so much dif- more difficult to speak uh, continuously for whatever, how many minutes, five minutes. Right. And it is to sit there and answer questions from someone. And I felt like you just set him up for failure, especially when he's clearly not very good at public speaking when he had to go out there and he must have had like bullet points and he was kind of playing off that in terms of his prepared statements. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I got to disagree with you on one thing, though, Jeff, about the public speaking. He's a coach. I mean, every day for the rest of his life, he's going to be addressing a room, uh, a room full of players. So he's he he knows how to uh, I think. I think part of the problem was the awkwardness of a of a Zoom call. Maybe yeah, right. Uh, That's fair. Is different than if he's facing us all in a room. But you know, I did a story uh, right after he was hired. I went back and looked at on the Colts website. You could find five or six of his weekly, uh, mm-hmm. and, and they were excellent. Of yeah. course, it was just like Mike Chapel and a couple other people on there. Yeah, but he was yeah. normal conversations, uh, very animated, very direct. Yeah, the total opposite. Yeah, well, at that point he had gotten to know them. I mean, that was year three. Yeah, and he, yeah. I'm sure he'd spent a lot of time. He probably felt comfortable, I, right? So, yeah, you know, I, it's I, not. I can't it's just you know that's why I didn't put too much yeah. into the nerve. 
Right. I agree with that. Uh, no, I, I think, I think like, I mean, let's fast forward to next summer or fall when he knows us and we know him and, and maybe we've, we actually are talking to him in person. Probably not. But uh, I think, you know, I think he's, you know, everything I've heard is he's a, he's a decent guy and he'll, he'll be comfortable around us. And like you said, with, with how it went in Indianapolis, the, you know, the interviews and conversations will be a lot better than some we've had with, with, some of the coordinators over the years yeah. and, and look if you know dama you alluded to, to this as well like i don't really care as much about how it affects me or, or his relationship with me i mean obviously it's important for my job and i think it's important ultimately for the fans and, and dealing with the media here is a big part of the job because it's so massive and there's so much mm-hmm. attention played to this team paid attention to this team um but in terms of like don't tell me that this guy blew you or at least, you know, don't throw out there that that illusion that he blew you away in the interview process or that yeah. he's the type of guy, quote, that can command a room when we, everything he the way he handled that news conference suggests the opposite in my eyes. And that's important because, again, you got to stand up there in front of 70 players and coaches and and you have to command that room to get them to play for you it's important i feel yeah and you know and that's the eagles play pay a play a place a lot of emphasis on that and whereas doug wasn't especially great at that there was an authenticity to him and i think there may be to nick but doug he also had i played the game i've been there and that is built in in terms of getting players to respect you yeah well you know i mean as 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 I mean, Jeff, Jeff said a lot of things that like, you just, your, your eyebrows just right. get raised. You know, he starts with the whole, it's trying to explain the whole process to us. And well, we started with 25 candidates. Well, you know, they knew five weeks in the, uh, left in the season that there was a possibility that Doug was, they might fire him. I mean, it was at, at that point. So they already had done that. They already had done preliminary work on, on the big list. I mean, so they should, they, they should have had this whittled down. Uh, you know, they were at a disadvantage in the fact that nobody, you know, there are most of the top candidates didn't want this. Job. Right. Uh, well, and, and they got such a late start. I think it's, it, we don't really know that, you know, Arthur Smith wouldn't have wanted this job if they had gotten in a week earlier and gotten their pitch in. You know, he was in the process of taking another job when they talked to him. Was I think we know. I think we know less. I mean, the quarterback situation scared away a lot of people. The handling of uh, their handling of Doug firing a man after after three years from, of winning the Super Bowl and the fact that they didn't let him, you know, that one of the, the issues with him was they wouldn't let him pick his staff. I mean, all of those things were, were issues with Kansas. Well, let's not forget the elephant in the room, too. I mean, Howie Roseman has now survived. And Howie, yeah, is, I, I got yeah. the elephant. The, the, yeah. Yeah, well, he's now survived <laughs> three head coaching fires. So if you're a candidate, you're looking at, at that and wondering, hmm, uh, am I next? Right. You know, like, how long is it going to take for yeah. him to throw me under the bus? Or yeah. at least, you know, for him to at least Jeffrey to view him differently than he is to view me. Uh, that was yeah. an area of concern that I've spoken to, uh, you know, people affiliated with Josh McDaniels, with Jared uh, Mayo, uh, other candidates, that that wasn't clearly an issue. Now, with Nick, I'm sure maybe, but this is a guy, kid that didn't get interviewed by any other team, right? So, you know, most likely this is the only opportunity he's going to get. And yeah. so you're in a situation where, 
is he the only guy that maybe was willing to say yes? I don't know. I, from what I understand, Josh McDaniels would have said yes at this point after all that he had done previously. But I think that's what scared them, and we've reported this and talked about this, is that Josh, they saw Josh's potential to Chip Kelly 2.0, that he would have come in and eventually muscled them out of uh, the football operations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah even though uh, players say he changed Josh McDaniels after the Denver experience, yeah. you can't – people don't change that much. Nope. If he'd had – he would have wanted more, you know, yep. especially since – the subject that we're talking and there's how he isn't an easy person to work with. He isn't a, it's, I don't know of a coach that's really found him real agreeable and, and fun and, and uh, you know, a great partner in the, uh, nope. in the real. Yeah. Yep. I don't, there's been one. And, I think Andy Reid saw him that play. Uh, Chip certainly didn't. Uh, I don't think Doug did uh, after they had some success, uh, you know, especially these last few years when the draft picks haven't been very good. Uh, I don't, I, Howie isn't the sort of uh, general manager that forms a lasting bond with coaches. And Andy, and they spent uh, what, 11 hours with McDaniels. Uh, you know, he has no respect. He has no respect for Howie and you can't hide that in 11 hours I mean you just can't you can you can't talk to a man for 11 hours and not give give up the fact that you really feel that that he doesn't know what he's talking about right but that being said I think Josh was clearly the most impressive of the guys that they had a chance to get and that they interviewed and and clearly he's had success Yeah. Um, yeah, you question whether what happened in Denver and, and certainly what happened with him backing out of the Colts job. But they, you know, I yeah. think that they just kind of wanted to, from what I understand, from what I've been told from pretty good sources about the interview process was that they went through the first round. Josh was the leader in the clubhouse. And then, but they wanted to almost talk themselves out of, they wanted to see what else was out there. And that's when Nick was kind of the second, uh, you know, they started, they interviewed him. They interviewed Todd Bowles that week. They interviewed Dennis, um, Allen that week, and they also interviewed Kellen Moore. And of those guys, of the ones that they thought they could get, whatever, Kellen, uh, Nick was the guy um, that kind of fit yeah. everything that they, they wanted. Or not – you know, clearly he doesn't have everything that they want. Um, well, a nice segue, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, if but into Carson Wentz. And I would have hired if, – if, if the narrative really was this is all about fixing Carson Wentz, I would have hired Josh Daniels. Uh, I, Nick Sirianni, to me, it's really striking when he talks about, like he was talking on the, the radio with Angelo Cataldi the other day about Frank Reich, and he was talking about how Frank taught him a lot about quarterbacking, and he taught Frank a lot about wide receiver yep. stuff. Yep. You know, Sirianni is really a wide receiver Correct. guy. That's he played, and that's the position he's coached the most. And certainly hiring him was not an attempt to fix Carson Wentz, I don't think. Uh, now, maybe Brian Johnson or, you know, uh, the, the Steichen, the offensive coordinator, maybe they're more around that subject. But it's really interesting here. The, the Eagles are, I think, really hedging their bets here. On I, I, It's not at all clear that they're going to stick with Wentz. I think yeah. – Wentz has to want to stick with them uh, for this to happen. Now, they're not going to try to uh, 
you know, forced him into uh, being their starting quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can't, I mean, you, you can't, uh, right. I mean, players have too much leverage, even with, even with his contract, you, you can't, you can't tell a quarterback that doesn't want to be on your team. I uh, know you're going to be yeah. staying here. Right. That's a false uh, narrative. And, and yet at the, at the same time, they can't tell, I mean, I'm assuming the best they've probably told him at this point is, you know, how would you feel about a competition? I don't, I don't even know if they've had contact with him because uh, he apparently, you know, the reports from from Schefter yesterday were that he still wants to leave. Um, but uh, you know, you can't say we're going to have a competition. That's just he won't buy that. I mean, he's he's that's not his. He just can't. He won't accept that. His people won't accept it. And and that'll just be a bad ending. So they've got to. And I don't. And and like you said, Les, I don't think they've made a commitment to him here yeah. yet. So uh, I, the problem is the problem is you know the, I, I saw one report yesterday. Well, they'll trade him, but they want a one. <laughs> Did, they, the, the the Rams just traded away Jared Goff and had to give two ones to get rid of him. I mean. Uh, they don't. People don't seem to understand how how big how onerous this this yeah. contract is. I mean, plus the fact that he's the worst. He was the worst quarterback in the yeah. NFL last year. I mean, you're just not going to have a lot of takers out there. And the longer they wait, the smaller the market's going to become. So you know, they're they're in. A I real think the uh, the whole car- fixing Carson narrative is false. I mean, you're not hiring a coach because of one player. Now, obviously, the quarterback position is the most important, and you want a guy or who's either good with quarterbacks or is going to bring in someone who's good with quarterbacks or at least has some understanding of that position. And I think that certainly factored into why they hired Nick Sirianni, but the whole Carson Wentz thing is, is a fallacy in my, in my mind. Um, uh, you know, all, all that being said, you know, if you look at Carson and, you know, I agree with you guys wholeheartedly, um, the, he's, he's on the trade block. I mean, this is, this is, they're willing to move him. Um, and that's not just because of their own assessment of him. It's because they know clearly that Carson isn't happy. And, um, and as you guys stated, when a quarterback has some muscle, uh, they can kind of dictate where they, where they want to go. He doesn't have quite the same powers as Deshaun Watson, who has a no trade right, clause right. and obviously is a much more right. attractive <laughs> option. He, they could be very easy right. to trade him um, and get back what you want in return. Carson's tough. Let, let's just point blank. What do you, I mean, would you think he's bad? I don't think so, uh, but I don't know how they get rid of him. I, I, but, well, they're, they're short of giving him away. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I mean, they're not going to get much for him, but they've got to accept that. Well, I, I think giving him away and taking a $34 million dead cap hit in a year when you're, in a terrible cap situation is just a ridiculous way to start uh, yeah. this new era with Nick Sirianni. It is. It is. Uh, but if he doesn't I, want to be here, how, what do you do? Well, I think maybe you talk to him and you figure out what, what is the problem? Why, why don't you want to be here? I would try to tell him, look, obviously we, we can't assure you that you'll be the starter, but, we think if we if we can do this this and this to uh, kind of make you a little more efficient, uh, if you'll work with us on this, then you know you should win the starting job. Frankly, because you're a five year veteran who's 
<laughs> who was always a better regarded prospect than Jalen yeah. Hurts. And yeah. uh, is that where they, is that where they also is that where they also say, "Oh, and disregard the fact that your competition calls your the quarterbacks coach Coach uh-huh. Ryan." Well, yeah, and that was it. Yeah, I will. Yeah. We, I want to talk about the staff soon, but you know, I was I thought there was a small chance that they would have come out. Uh, excuse me, Nick would have come out and said, Carson Wentz is our starter. You know, uh, this is obviously the franchise yeah. quarterback. We, the team has made a huge investment of in him in terms of the draft picks that they expended to, to get him in terms of the contract they gave him two years ago. We feel like last year was a blip on the radar screen. This guy can still be great and he's going to come back and we're going to, and we're going to return him to his greatness. Like, I, I feel like, you know, why, why can't you do that? Why can't you say now that this is our guy? And look, I mean, Jalen hasn't done anything to do with himself. I, I think, I think they would have done that, Jeff, if, if it, it could have blown up in their faces, just like the, the Houston Texans thing where they, they went out and hired David Cully and then Deshaun Watson doubled down on wanting to leave. You know, I mean, it's. Well, but, yeah, but I, I don't know how that hurts. I mean, them coming out and saying that, um, and again, also, if they are trying to trade him, you know, you can say that doesn't mean you're not trying to trade him. And in fact, you, you, you're you're creating this uh, narrative for teams interested in, oh, we want to keep him. We want to keep him. You know, right. uh, you better give us something that we want because we're we lost. We still believe in Carson. I, I don't know what, why you ha- why you couldn't have come out and said that. Um, look, we all know that probably uh, these guys are probably closer, at least based on last year, than um, in terms of of ability than maybe you would evenly thought a year ago, but, and you do worry about how that will play in the locker room, but let him, you know, let Carson come out in the spring and be the guy. And then, okay, let's say if he doesn't perform well by the end of spring, and it's likely that no one's going to even be there to, to chronicle it. Maybe some things will emerge from, you know, from sources, et cetera. But, you know, maybe then you go into training mm-hmm. camp with a competition at that point, Carson's here, you know, he, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, they, again, they ultimately have him under contract. Um, right. You know, yeah. try and get the last year, get, get him back. I don't know. I just, I felt like, I don't understand why you couldn't have done that. You know, you mentioned the locker room, Jeff. I mean, that's another interesting aspect of this whole thing. Uh, because I mean, this has the potential if they, if they keep, keep them to create a divided locker room, because there were a lot of people, I mean, we, we can point to the one in three record that Jalen had and the fact that his stats weren't very good, but a lot of players, a lot of players were yes. energized by yep. him. Uh, they like yep. him. Uh, they, they like playing for yeah. him with him. Yeah. And, 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 and I think a lot of people in that locker room have soured on, 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 on the deer hunters. So, yeah. uh, uh, that's, that's an, you know, I don't know where that goes into their thinking when they uh, hear, but it's something that certainly is a, is a, I just this, this didn't get played up as much. Unless if I just jump in real quick here, but I thought it was interesting that when yeah. Jalen Mills was interviewed this past week, now we don't even know if he's back, but he was asked about the quarterbacks and he said, yeah, you know, bring him back and have him compete. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I yeah. think a lot of people, I think most people in the locker room that I had talked to, and that's not certainly most of the players, but. The people yeah. I talk to respect Carson, but they like they do like Jalen. And there's a difference between respect well, and like. It's interesting, yeah. uh, you know. And and you don't like you and and if and if 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 Carson uh, wrestles with the open competition uh, prospect, that doesn't make him any friends because oh, okay. every, every player in every other position has to fight for his job. Yeah, his personality has always been. 
a little different in terms of, uh, I, I think he's a team oriented guy, but he's also a very closed person. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of teammates even get, you know, deep inside with him and, and really mm. feel like they know him well, you know, and that's great when things are going well, but when things go bad, it kind of, yeah, don't have a lot of uh, no. I mean, I've bosom I, buddies, yeah, and I've talked know, wrote, wrote about this plenty of times. I mean, certainly, and Carson spoke about it himself when he came from North Carolina to Philadelphia. He found a he found it hard to fit in a little bit because he's trying to find like minded individuals, and he did. He found a he found a posse, and obviously, uh, their shared faith uh, played a large role in that. And increasingly, as the years went on, those guys had had vacated. It was only really Zach Ertz that was left. And what you saw, though, I mean, Carson would. He is kind of uh, – he's a little standoffish, um, and I think he has a hard time trusting people. And I, I players certainly felt yeah. that. and But they also felt that there was a, a, some selfishness there. I mean, and I'm not even talking about in terms of football, although that was an issue, and, and players I spoke to uh, for the story I wrote about Carson uh, early, last month, uh, a lot of them stated that. But, you know, it was stuff like, you know, Carson would have his charity stuff, and he would expect everybody to show up. You know, or the team would would kind of really let the players know that everyone needs to go to this or the softball thing or this that or the other thing, and Carson never showed up really right. for anybody else's stuff when asked, and that that doesn't yeah. really kind of play well, especially when you're the leader of the team, uh, the de facto you know the de facto leader, and you know that's just kind of I think an example of now Carson has tried to get better with guys but again i think this year it just got bad and didn't help that they were isolated anyway because of the pandemic um that really made things difficult and didn't help him in the locker room uh if i could trans go ahead right. i just want to say no, about and- the quarterback before i transition to coaching staff yeah so no, the, the staff is it's a young one um and you know not many guys who've been had prior experience at the position and we i mean yeah, not many guys have a prior uh, experience with positions that they're coming in. And you look at specifically at the coordinator position, uh, you know, the offensive coordinator had been previously offensive coordinator, but uh, Jonathan Gannon uh, has never been a defensive coordinator. Uh, Mike Clay, who's now the right. special teams coordinator, has never been the uh, head special teams coordinator. Um, you know, this is young staff. Almost everybody's under 40. What do you, how yeah. do you think it'll play out? Yeah. Well, it's really striking that it, you look at these guys, and you know, half a dozen years ago, most of them were, were, uh, uh, you know, uh, quality control coaches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, it, I don't know. I mean, I maybe they're geniuses. Uh, I certainly think the defensive coordinator, uh, Gannon, Jonathan Gannon, is. I've read some stuff about him and I've listened to him on a podcast and he is an interesting guy. He could be a, you know, one of these guys could be a real, you know, diamond in the rough, uh, an up and coming uh, yeah. genius or something, but you know, you, there's a high potential here for disaster too, that, that there's nobody at a high level who with any kind of experience whatsoever at the, you know, these are all guys that 10 years ago were, people you know, taking out the trash uh yeah it's it, it's a little bracing it really is and you know i clearly jeff and howie told him this would this was okay. yeah they're allowing him to pick most yeah. of the staff uh, which you know which when you look at when you look at their history of the, you know going back to to andy i mean they've always wanted uh, their coach to have at least one experienced coordinator some older players some older coaches that 
you know, kind of could show a new head coach and some and the younger coaches the ropes. And and we don't really have that here other than Jeff Stoutland. And Jeff, you know, Jeff doesn't push himself on other coaches. Uh, you know, he's 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 I mean, I, keeping him was a tremendous uh, plus. But I mean, I don't I just don't know that he's going to have that much of an impact on, you know, on the new offensive coordinator on, you know, on the on the quarterbacks coach on yeah. Sirianni. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, he'll have, he'll have, aside from the fact that he's going to have his offensive line prepared and ready to, 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 to play. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not suggesting not, all of these guys aren't going to be good. I, I, I think, I mean, I, it's not the way I would have done it. And I think, I think it tells us that, 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 that the way Lurie is looking at this is we're going to just, you know, next year's kind of a, a rebuild. We're going to kind of the staff, like our, our, our team, we're going to let it kind of grow into yeah, absolutely. Uh, whatever that being becomes. said, they, they do lack That's uh, yeah. player coaches in positions of power with clout. You know, with Doug, who had never been a head coach before, yeah. but, you know, Doug, again, former player, was a little older than, than Nick was. And he had, you know, Jim Schwartz, who'd been a head coach and been around a long time. You had Frank Reich, who'd played in the league a long time and been a, a coach a long time. And those guys had a lot of clout at Jim mm-hmm in a lot of ways was the bad cop to Doug when it came to the big picture stuff. And then you also had Deuce who wasn't afraid to police guys. So I wonder if they're going to bring in some sort of senior assistant at some point, someone who's, who's been a head coach before. Yeah. You know, he has a a relationship. Todd Haley was the guy who gave him his, his initial start in the NFL. Uh, Right. Todd had been a previous head coach uh, in Kansas city. That's where Nick first played for him. Long-time offensive coordinators had success at various spots. He coached, and I spoke to him a couple weeks ago. He spoke he's, – his last year has been spent in Sarasota coaching a high school team. Um, so he's available. Um, yeah. And, he, and he's a tough guy. I mean, he – I feel like he would probably be a really good hire for them because he's not afraid to call guys out on the carpet. And you need someone like that in that building. You know? I mean, and that was, yeah. you know, I think yeah. that was kind of part of the problem a little bit with Doug was that, um, and especially as it related to Carson, was that, you know, the tough coaching wasn't there, uh, especially after Filippo, John Filippo, and Frank Reich left. So, you know, we the, we still got some yeah. time here. Well, that, yeah, that, that's, you know, you mentioned the tough coaching with regard to Carson which is another reason why you, you you look at the quarterback situation and think it's, it's yeah. tilting towards Hertz is, you know, because of the, I mean, that, you know, Brian Johnson uh, from everything I've heard is like, uh, you know, got a lot of potential to be a great coach in, 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 at whatever level he's coaching at, but he's 33 years old. And, you know, we saw how, you know, the press Taylor Carson Wentz dynamic worked, which was not mm-hmm. very well. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I can't imagine Carson like being coached and, hard. But by apparently from everything I read kid. about him and, and heard, I heard him talk, he, that's how he coaches. What do you guys make of real quick? Just to, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned Press well, Taylor. He, he was hired by Frank Reich. You have Mike Rowe, you have Mike Rowe there, you know, and obviously everybody keeps thinking that's the most likely landing yeah. spot for Carson Wentz. I don't agree with that. I mean, again, from what I've been told, Frank, probably wouldn't trade for him, especially what the Eagles would want in return, especially at that contract. But I mean, if you're Frank too, I mean, why would you hire press and then bring Carson there when you clearly that didn't work? And Mike Rose there yeah. Mike, yeah. and Carson butted heads too. I, I, I feel like if anything, that makes it less right. likely that they trade for Carson. 
I agree. Uh, yeah. I just don't know. You know, I don't know. You look around. I don't know. I don't know where you, you know, with the, contract, the Bears. I with, think the Bears. With, with what they're asking for now, I just, well, yeah. I guess I guess maybe Nagy would. Uh, but, boy, it's just. Yeah, it, this. I mean, whoever gets them knows he has to be fixed. And these aren't easy fixes. I mean, we're not right. talking about a guy that just had a bad year. His mechanics need to be completely revamped. Uh, his decision making is just. You know, I was talking to Kurt Warner the other day about him, and you know, he was just saying he yeah he, he watches the tape and he he just has no idea what Carson really is looking at when he when he watched the tape from last year on a lot of his throws. I mean, it just. None of it made sense. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how the quarterback – I mean, obviously the Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford, Stafford trade set the, set the bar. But from everything you – know, all indications are there's yeah. going to be multiple quarterbacks moving uh, via trade, obviously in free agency. Right. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how it all sorts out and whether the Eagles can potentially move Carson or get someone else in return. Like if you do move Carson, I mean, is Jalen Hurts the answer? Do you expend that number six pick? in some way in drafting right. a quarterback, a lot of, a lot of options are on the table. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's amazing too. The sixth pick. I mean, that's, you can't overlook that. No. <laughs> it's, it, we don't know how that's going to shake out after Trevor Lawrence, you know, it's uh, what it feels is there at six. Uh, yeah. I, it's, I, I yeah. it would be tempting to me, frankly, uh, as many things as you have to fix on this team, that's where it all starts. You don't win the Super Bowl without the right guy at quarterback. And if you don't yeah. have that, right. then and you well, got to think and, about that. If Carson is traded, he'll uh, be traded well before that. they got to deal him before um, the third. Right. Before that the third, thing uh, kicks the in third, about the, the month. That's March correct, yes. 20th or something, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the, and I mean, the sooner the better because – as we saw with the golf trade, I mean, every every other quarterback that moves just slices the market right, smaller right. and and leaves your options uh, uh, even you know gives you less options than you had uh, before another trade. That's you mentioned Chicago, Jeff. That is so you you almost think that has to happen because <laughs> Nick and Carson together in another in another city is almost <laughs> you know. That's just so cruel, and yet that's the way the world works. Well, the reason why so I felt like the Bears, like, like. think about a head coach and a GM that really kind of have to roll the dice here at the quarterback position, and Carson may be right. the guy to roll the dice with because you're not going to get it done with probably with Mitch, Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles, and and maybe Nagy sees Carson as somebody that can save him. This is he's right. on the hot seat right now, so. And I will say this, I, there are people in the NFL, because I've talked to them, at least a few, who really looked at the Eagles offense last year and thought Carson Wentz was not in a great position. You know, I, I don't think everybody thinks he's the worst quarterback in the league just because those were his stats last year. I think there are, there are people who think he could be a good quarterback. Uh, but I, I – in terms of trading something good for him yeah, with yeah. the contract, I don't know. Uh, well, every, I mean, everybody thinks he can be a good quarterback. I mean, 2017, he should have been the league MVP. If he, it's just right. that something has happened since then. And, 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 and whoever picks him up has to figure out what it is that happened after that, that has, you know, did the injury change him? Uh, I don't know, but 
you know, there's less pointed out. You do have to place his performance in the proper context. I mean, 14 different offensive line combinations, uh, receivers. But you're only looking, you're only looking at last year. You go 2019, except for the last four he wasn't games, great, he was but wildly he, he wasn't turning the ball over at the rate he was. He wasn't, I mean, right. no. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, the only difference. His his compl- his completion percentage was awful. You know, just about every every other uh, aspect of his play. You know, he, yeah. he couldn't make the easy throw. Uh, you know, but but I, I agree. There's a great quarterback in there. Well, I you, you just got to figure out how to get it out of that, him again. A coach that works with quarterbacks for a long time, and um, and his assessment was that you could get Carson back to being the 2018-19 version, but the 2017 version is long gone. Um, it's because just because athletically he yeah. just isn't that. And, and there's something, you know, physically that was taken out of him from three, three straight injuries. And, you know, obviously that affects you mentally a little bit. And, yeah. you know, there someone also pointed out too, that if you look at that film for 2017, a lot of the issues that he had this year were still there. Um, obviously nowhere near to the extent that they are now, but the mechanics were, I mean, he only completed 60% of his passes yeah. that season, which isn't a great number nowadays. And yeah. right. Yeah, and they're, they're, the point obviously percentage. was that that team was, was so good that it, it helped buoyed him a little bit, maybe perhaps than the opposite. Uh, I don't want to yeah. take anything away from Carson because he was phenomenal that season. Um, yeah. And and one of the things that made him so phenomenal that season, and what makes so many of the great quarterbacks we're seeing in the league right now so phenomenal, is their ability to be a, a playmaker, to extend plays. Yeah. And he doesn't want to do that anymore. And, and that's where I think the injuries have have affected him. Uh, you know, I mean, I, Doug took a lot of the heat for that last year, but he could have gotten out of the pocket a lot. But he, you know, he, you know, I mean, that's what that's what made him special in 2017 was his ability to get outside that pocket and make plays. And funny we how we gravitated back while. towards Carson, but uh, I just want to talk a little bit, I guess, about the Super Bowl yeah. um, before we part yeah. here. Obviously, this is this is an Eagles yeah. uh, Eagles podcast, but uh, can't go without mentioning the Super Bowl. Dama typically were there. We're not there this year because of the pandemic, but um, this, this should be an interesting one. You, you got basically the old guard versus the we're new the, guard. We're there in virtual. You know, uh, how do you see it playing out? You know, I, I've gone back and forth on this, and right now I'm, I'm kind. Of, you know, I haven't made my pick yet, but wow. I'm leaning towards going with Tampa. Um, I just, you know, I think Todd Bowles' defense. I mean, you know, they they lost to this team in Week Twelve, and in that first quarter, you guys remember. I mean, Tyreek Hill just killed them, and I, I'm assuming they'll have a better plan for him this this time around. And I just. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a great game, a close game, and I just got to, you know, I, something tells me that the, the Tampa Bay is going to Last pull it out. You know, I'm going to go with my heart instead of my head. I, I have the same, a little bit of the same feeling Damo has, especially with the Chiefs' left tackle not being yeah. there. Uh, but I want to see Andy get a second Super Bowl, and I think the Chiefs are the better team. Yeah. Uh, I, I just I think Mahomes is magic and I Brady I mean Brady deserves enormous credit for getting this team to the Super Bowl the first year after he leaves New England 
but a little the narrative has been a little bit airbrushed here. He is 43 years old. He threw three interceptions in the NFC Championship game. How do you win an NFC Championship game throwing three interceptions? I haven't seen it done very much. I mean, they were really lucky. The Packers just stepped on their own feet, uh, for lack of a better noun, uh, over and over and over again in that game. Uh, I... I don't know that Brady is going to dominate the chiefs. Uh, you know, I, I, if the chiefs can get pressure on him, I don't, I, I think he's nowhere near as good as Patrick yeah. Mahomes is at this point in their respective careers. So I'm going to take the chiefs, but I, 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 in the back of my mind is the fear that Tampa's defense is going to wreak havoc. Yeah. Well, that you know, it took a while before we mentioned Mahomes. I mean, like I, I just can't pick against the kid, uh, you know, last year's Super Bowl, he, he threw two interceptions and was still the best player on the field. And, you know, th- that very rarely happens. And they still won. Um, it wasn't comfortable, but they, you know, they, they pulled it out at the end. And I feel like just Mahomes is, is going to get this done, even without the left tackle. You know, he's, he's a guy who can stent, extend plays in the pocket, out of the pocket, better than any quarterback in the NFL right now. And I think he'll be able to do that again in this game. And, you know, if you shut down Tyreek Kill, you still got all these other guys you got to worry about, most notably Travis Kelsey. And, you know, I'll go back to Andy. You know, he wasn't great in that yes. Super Bowl with the Eagles, you know, so many years ago. But you give Andy a week to prepare, mm-hmm. and he's usually pretty damn good. And he's going to have a some, some couple plays dialed up that came out of nowhere, and they're just going to, you know, and Todd Bowles, yeah. I give him a lot of credit. He's one of the best defensive coordinators in the league and has been for a long time. But uh, I give Andy the edge over over Todd Bowles, and I give Patrick Mahomes the the edge over Tom Brady at this point in his career. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Yeah, I really, uh, I really envy you. You and Mike, I think, are writing about Andy. You and Mike Sielski are writing about Andy in the next few days, and I kind of wanted. What's to. the angle I should write then? Can you help me out? <laughs> no, I... <laughs> well, it's just it's extraordinary. This guy is going to be the greatest coach ever to have coached here in Philadelphia. And he would have coached here 14 years, but the things that really made him great happened after he left, you know, well, he's arguably the best. It went somewhere the best, else, you know, uh, he's, coach in the NFL. Over the, how many years now he's been there? So it's seven years or eight years or nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They haven't had a losing season. Uh, you know, it's, it's been phenomenal in Kansas city. Uh, yeah. and no, r- lately it's Mahomes, but you know it. It was his idea to he and John Dorsey to get Mahomes. He wasn't the first overall pick or anything. Brett Veach. Um, I, I just think it, it, Andy's going to go down, especially if he wins another Super Bowl this year, or next year, or whenever. He's going to go down as one of the top five or six coaches in NFL history. And he was in Philadelphia for 14 years and, and didn't right, win. Boone, Boone still gets disparaged by a certain. <laughs> That's the thing. You know, if you go back and look, I in some of the stories uh, about the coaching search, I was going back and looking at 2012 and Todd Bowles and things like that. The level of vitriol leveled at Andy in 2012 when the Eagles were 4-12 and 12 and everybody knew he was getting fired. It was like settled dogma here that he was an idiot and a failure and, you know, 
it was it, unbelievable, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and people were so bitter over never having quite won the, even though he'd won a lot of games and gotten to the NFC Championship all those times. People were very, very angry and dismissive of his. Uh, nobody was wanting to let him. There, nobody ever proposed in any setting letting him kind of regroup. And it probably wouldn't have worked, but it, letting him reset with new players and, and new coaches and trying again, it just wasn't on the table. Now, he was, wanted to leave. He, he wanted had to leave. to leave. He wanted to leave. And, uh, maybe he did. Yeah, I know. And, but it's, it's funny seeing where he is now, thinking of those days and how you know, yeah. toxic his, his name was here. His, his recognition of Patrick Mahomes as a great quarterback is just one of the smartest picks in, in recent history in the NFL draft. I mean, this was a kid that was so unorthodox at Texas Tech that was so mechanically – I mean, you, I mean, a lot of people thought he was a, could be a great quarterback, but they also thought it was going to take a ton of work. And Andy could see greatness in this kid, and, and I mean – you don't, you know, he's, this kid is going to make Andy immortal. Yes. Uh, because they're going to, you know, Andy's 62 right now. And he, he, he's, he's not going to retire until this kid's in his thirties right now. Cause he, he knows every year that, that he, he's coaching. Him. It, it just goes to show you obviously how important yep. the position is. And it, you know, if Andy had gotten Russell Wilson, yeah. maybe that would have saved him. I I I, th- I feel like he, again, Andy's right. made every quarterback better that he's ever coached. Michael Vick played his best with Andy Reid. Uh, yes. You know, Donovan McNabb certainly. It's hard to compare what he would have done with someone else, but I mean, I, I think it's safe to say that Andy made Donovan better. Uh, Al- Alex Smith, who kind of sh- who struggled oh, yeah. elsewhere and then comes to Kansas City and becomes a really good, solid quarterback in, the, yeah. in Andy's system. And Mahomes is clearly now the best quarterback and may end up being the best ever uh, when Andy's through with him. And he just, he just run out of – he just – the quarterback yeah. position at that point in 2012 was just kind of – they were hanging on to Vic, and then they drafted Foles and thought maybe there was some potential there. And it, the Cobb thing kind of flamed out on them. That wasn't – he made a, probably a poor decision there in terms of the evaluation process. Um, it's just interesting to, to see – you know how you know, like again, Tom Brady's just to kind of bring him back into the conversation here. You know, Bill Belichick doesn't look like Bill Belichick without Tom Brady, and Tom Brady has gone gone and showed that you know he obviously had a lot to do with all those Super Bowls right. they went up in New right. England. Uh, okay, so I guess mm-hmm. we're two two Chiefs picks and and one Bucks pick, so should be interesting. <laughs> all right, guys, thanks for uh, joining uh, joining me today, and uh, everyone at home or listening wherever you may be to our podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us on the Bird's, Bird's Eye View. Uh, please read all of our stories at inquire.com and sign up for the Bird uh, Early Birds newsletter. Now it's just once a week, but uh, a lot of links in there to all our stories, plus additional content about the Eagles. Uh, we'll try and keep uh, uh, the plate full of uh, stories over these next several weeks, months, uh, as the Eagles certainly have a lot to figure out over, these next, uh, over this next span here. Thanks, guys, for joining us.